0: Real Life, Real Conversations, Motivational, Fitness, Self-Defense, Weight Loss, Live from The Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox.
1: All right, we're live today. This is uh, Mark Cox with Real Talk, and on my Monday morning podcast today, I get to to interview uh, Chris Crouch. He's been with me for a long time. We'll talk about how we all got started and what it was like to have me as the only instructor for a long time, because <laughs> that's uh, that's how you <laughs> that's how you started. So, uh, yep. Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna let them. This is Chris is the owner of Burbank Krav Maga, and he's got He's got quite a story himself, and we'll talk a little bit about his Crov journey and stuff like that, and about what it looks like to adopt children and and uh, navigate uh, special needs and, and navigate the California adoption system, which I'm sure is a uh, is a headache in itself. But uh, with that's no further ado, I'm going to let you uh, yeah, that's I'm going to let you introduce yourself <laughs> a little bit more, Chris, and uh, let's talk yeah. about a little bit about your your military background and uh and mm. everything else carson's already hopped online so we got georgia in the <laughs> nice. house already listening
2: what's so. up carson
1: cool you know he he's the nice one you know how he is <laughs> so all right so go ahead chris with no further ado why don't you give yourself a little bit of introduction
2: yeah. So, um, yeah, again, like Master Cox said, you know, my name is Chris Crouch. Um, I was, uh, you know, you, 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 asked about my military career and it's, it's funny cause I tell people my military career started when I was born. Um, I was actually born in Germany on a uh, I was born in Heidelberg, Germany on an army base. So I was born into an army family. Um, every couple of years we'd pack up and move. So, um, it's funny, bit Patty always, you know, she always laughs uh, whenever anybody says, you know, you're Chris, where are you from? Cause she, she, just, she rolls her eyes and she's like, "Okay, it's gonna be a long story because it's not just oh, I'm from Texas <laughs> or oh, I'm from California. It's, it's all right. Here we go. Um, so, born in Germany, two years old, we moved to Colorado. Um, about two weeks into kindergarten, we moved to Amarillo, Texas. Um,
0: three,
2: three weeks into third grade, we moved to Lawton, Oklahoma. Um, let me see. Got through third grade and fourth grade. Between fourth and fifth grade we packed up and moved back to germany so that we were in monheim germany um lived there for three years so did fifth sixth and seventh grade in germany um eighth uh, between seventh and eighth grade moved to san antonio texas did uh you know, you know graduated high school on an army base uh, on, on fort sam houston um uh and then Two months after graduation, I joined the Navy myself, and you know then it was Orlando, Florida for boot camp, uh, Monterey, California for um, for to learn Arabic, um, uh, San Angelo, Texas for a little bit. Uh, let's see, and then eventually ended up uh, stationed in Spain, living in living in Greece. So when you so when people ask about my military career, I'm like, again, it started when I was born, and for the first 24 mm-hmm. years of my life, I was in the military, um, and when I got out um and it was a civilian for the first time and like that was that was an eye-opening experience because you know we always lived on base housing um if you were sick you would just go down to the clinic on base i mean and and then all of a sudden i'm like wait you're gonna have to get health insurance what the crap is this like and it was just it was so weird (laughs) just suddenly being a civilian um after 24 years so (laughs) it was it was odd it was odd but yeah Um, so you were there so you know
1: and i you were in the military for how many years good
2: so i served for six years so i joined the navy six so um i joined the navy um um, I, i went to boot camp on july 24th of 1994 so again it was literally two months to the day after i graduated high school um and then i got out on july 24th of 2000 so um i did I did six years and you know you know people who know my dad was in the army they were like well you know what why'd you choose the navy and i was like because i spent 18 years in the army um so <laughs> i wanted to do something a little bit different yeah. so um my grandfather was in the navy one of my grandmothers was in the navy also so it's like we, we we have this very long tradition of military service um like literally mm-hmm. my i mean like my my my, my, my dad's mom um, she served in the Navy and she actually she was actually a member of the Daughters of the Revolution, which means that she was able to track her lineage all the way back to the Revolutionary War. So, I mean, we have my, my family has served, you know, since 1776, basically, um, you know, in, in, in one way or another, um, you know, my, my my sister is married to an Army vet, um, you know, and we, we've all we've all. In fact, I've got um, right over here this, this bump bumping stuff. Uh, I still need to hang this up, but this is actually my my great grandfather's um, Purple Heart and um, and discharge letter from World War One. He was wounded in France uh, in World War One, and we've actually got like I've got his dog tags up there. Um, the yeah, the discharge letter, his Purple Heart, his actual Purple Heart, a picture of him in the military. But that's that's my great grandfather right there. So yeah, yeah that's a awesome. A lot of military. I didn't.
1: There. Yeah, that's something I didn't know about. Kind of cool. there. That's. That's, that's, that's quite a bit of history to to see from world war one when, uh, world war two, when men were a little bit different than what they are today. That's for sure. I can tell you that. Oh yeah. Well, you know, your, your military, (laughs) I, people not sure about your, your, your military experience and, you know, they know, they know it when it comes to the physical side of you, because you know, you run everybody ragged, physical fitness is is one, (laughs) one of your fortes, you know, and, and rucking, you know, uh, you know, you give zero rucks about, um, uh, you know, <laughs> about uh, you know, strapping something to the to your back. I mean, when John Viverka was with you, you guys were out there doing that kind of stuff all the time. It's just part of who the military was. But <laughs> what they don't know yeah. was what you did in the military yeah. is is kind of unique, right? I mean, how many languages do you speak? Yeah, how, how um, many languages do you speak well,
2: now? Two: English and badly. English and bad English now. Um, but um, no, I, um, uh, when I, so when I was in the Navy, um, I, I actually, uh, I was an Arabic language. So I spent a um, learning Arabic and it was, that was a fun experience because it was um, five days a week, seven hours a day, nothing but Arabic. Um, all of our teachers were from, um, were from the Middle East um, and yeah, we, we spent a lot of time doing that and that was, that was an absolute blast. And then later on, I got to branch off and started working on dialects. So, um, I took like a Libyan dialect course and an Iraqi dialect course. And so, um, you know, that, that's something that, about Arabic that people don't really understand that there's, there's, um, modern standard Arabic or Fusa, um, which is, um, it's 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 Quranic Arabic so it's very proper so think of it like Queens English Um, and then you've got your different dialects where you know in Libya they would you know say certain things and in Iraq they would say something else Egypt they'll say something else Syria Lebanon you go to these different countries and even and it's it's to the point where, where there are some things like if somebody's really speaking Iraqi dialect and somebody's really just only speaking Libyan dialect even though it's Arabic they're not going to be able to understand each other that well. There's a lot of differences. And so um, it's just so it's kind of languages amongst you know, unto themselves. I mean, you, you get that a little bit with English, but nowhere near. I mean, there, there might be a, like a phrase or two that somebody on the East Coast or somebody from the UK or, or Australia would say that we may not understand out here. But that's just like a phrase. You can still have a conversation. So that was really that was really fascinating, just the learning aspect of that. But even before that, growing up in Germany, um, spoke German. Uh, when i was in high school i was taking german and latin at the same time and so when i went to the recruiter they're like what do you want to do i was like well i like languages so that'd be kind of cool and he pulls out the uh pulls out the blue jackets manual which is just a big old book of the navy and he's like yeah i think there's this thing in here called oh yeah it's 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 it's, 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 it's a linguist and i mean he, like the recruiter had no idea but um he was like yeah you can learn a foreign language and i was like all right cool let's do it so um, they had me take the uh defense language aptitude battery um the dlpt or yeah the uh, the D Lab, the Defense Language you have to do about it the, 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 the D Lab, which is basically a made up language. And you sit there. I forget how long it is, but there's a listening portion and a reading portion. And um, it's it's it, you're literally learning this language as you're taking the test. And it's so it's all the, all the words are English, but like you know that maybe the noun will be over here and the verbal be switched over. There's a, a prefix or a suffix, and so you learn this language, and then um, afterwards, you know, you answer questions about it. And so based on your score basically says, okay, you know what? You have an aptitude to do this. And so um, my dad, uh, when he found out, you know, that I took the D lab and everything, he's like, well, how'd you do? And uh, I was like, well, I I scored high enough. They said I could, you know, I could choose any language I want. And he was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And he goes, yeah, I took that too. I was like, really? How'd you do? He goes, they said they were surprised I could speak English. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So so it's just kind of fun getting to do that, but but again, just the geeky side <laughs> of me and the with the life. So yeah. So, so I mean, now how many languages do I speak? I mean, I speak enough Arabic to freak you out when we're in the kill house. That's about it.
1: This point, That's. So. <laughs> <laughs> could you st- Could you carry on a conversation if you needed to? Could you? Could you still carry um, on a conversation if you needed to?
2: it would um i I mean it'd be a i I might be able to order some stuff at a restaurant at this point um would it be conversational Mm -hmm. not yet but one of that that's one of the interesting things about languages um you know uh in in 2007 i had an opportunity to go to northern iraq went up to kurdistan kurdistan i went to erbil um with a church group and and, um after being in country for a couple of days a lot of it started coming back it was really fun because our driver uh, was kurdish and, and he didn't speak any english um, you know, I'm American, didn't speak any Kurdish, but we both spoke Arabic and, and that was such a blast. And it was, it was just really cool getting to, like, I was literally learning Kurdish via Arabic. And so I, at one point I pulled out a piece of paper and, um, Azad, who was our driver, I, I, um, I started asking him different words and I was like, okay, how do you say this? And how do you say this? And so I would write the English, I was making my own little, my, my little, my little, my little lexicon or dictionary. And so I was, um, um, I would write the English word. And then um, I would ask him what it was, and I'd write the Arabic word next to it in script, and then I'd write the Kurdish word next to it again in, in script. As, as he and so he, he glances over at one point, and he, his eyes get big, and he was like, "Oh my God, Whitey can write Arabic too!" And um, at, at, at one point, I get to meet a bunch of his friends and everything, and he was just you know, like you know, like he was telling all these guys about you know like how I was writing stuff down, and again, they, they were just so, so shocked that you know that this. Could not only speak Arabic, but write Arabic. <laughs> it was just a lot of
1: fun getting to do that. So it was cool. It was, yeah, that's, yeah. It well, ask. it's always been, that's, it's always been kind of a a trippy thing so, for, for, for us that, you know, we, I, we uh, most of us couldn't even do Spanish in school, let alone uh, learn another language. You know what I mean? We couldn't, we couldn't yeah. get past that to be honest with you, most people that I know, but so Viverka is on here. Uh, John's asking this. This is a good question. People may not know that you did this, What's but up, John? Uh, did you go to SEER school yeah. after DLI? That's what John's asking. John said, did you go to um, SEER school? Not
2: directly after DLI. Yeah, di- yeah, not not directly after DLI. Um, I I did. Um, uh, I went to DLI, then I went to another school, C school um, for a little bit. Then went to aircrew uh, in Pensacola, Florida, for five weeks, um, which was a blast. And then, yeah, I went to Sear after that. So I did Sear up in um, Maine. So Sear, for people that don't know, is survival, evasion, resistance, escape. It's um, it's basically it's prison camp school. Um, so being being naval aircrew, um, we do that so that um, you know, if the plane goes down, um, you know, first of all, how do you survive? So we, they, they had us out in the, out in the woods up there. And then afterwards, how do you evade if you're being chased? Um, and then finally, you know, how do you resist for, through interrogation? And then, you know, can you escape? And so it was a lot of that. And so that's stuff that I still, especially the escape portion, you know, um, you, know you know, on the, our last uh, AKMF summer camp, um, I was teaching, you know, like zip ties and, you know, handcuffs and stuff. Uh, duct tape that sort of thing um i still like do i mean and it's, the funny thing is i didn't really learn that stuff in sears school but it just it piqued my interest enough that i continued to, you know down that um you know picking locks and stuff like that and just it's it's just fun to do or slipping latches whatever it is that i need to you know to get in and out so it's just kind of kind of goofy yeah, stuff. i'm not sure yeah, so I'm not sears, sure. They, sears was a good time though
1: yeah i'm not sure the i'm sure it's a fun time well gi jane made it through so, uh,
2: <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Listen, Sear was exactly like that. Um, everything that, that movie was a documentary basically. You guys don't know this, but yeah, it was total, total documentary. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> People are probably like, really? They didn't really realize that satire. Um, no. That's called Yeah. Yeah, so it yeah, it's been yeah, that's definitely it's definitely oh, uh it's it's definitely always something that's I was always impressed with that uh being able to speak multiple languages. You know, Ronnie does that too. I don't you know, Ronnie um uh you know, he speaks fluent German. Yeah. And when it comes out of yeah, his mouth, too though. like you're you're like, "What the heck? Uh you know, you're from the islands, bro." <laughs> really like, he's gonna, Yeah, and he speaks fluent he he speaks <laughs> fluent German. Um because that's where, you you know, that's where his parents were also, you know, Ronnie was adopted too. So, you know, and, uh, and his, his adopted father is, yes. And, and they were stationed in Germany and that's where his mom, I believe is from. And that's how, that's where he was raised. And that's how he knows fluid German. You know what I mean? And when he starts rattling it off, you're like, man, Uh you you don't look right to be speaking that. What are you doing? You know, you're like, Hey man, you know what I mean? Uh, (laughs) you know, from the islands, you know, mahalo, mahalo, you know what I mean? Uh, So, (laughs) you know, just, just watch it, you know, just watching different languages and stuff like that is, uh, (laughs) is, is something. So, and your father now, you know, he was in the service. You know, I've been with you for so long. I mean, you came to me, well, how did you find me? I mean, you've been with me for a very long time. I mean, I've got to watch you. Fourteen uh,
2: years, April, April twenty right. fourth, will be fourteen years. Yeah,
1: fourteen years. Um, so, how did you? How did you come yeah. to find the studio? How did you get to going in Krav Maga? You there? Can you hear me?
2: Um. So, so I actually.
1: You got a little bit of difficulty. Assist. There, there yeah. he is. Yeah, you're back. Your internet yeah, in Burbank is weak. Yeah, your internet in Burbank is weak. Okay. Sauce. all right.
2: It's it is horrible. It is okay. it, it is horrible in in our little area over here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, this is a known issue. So um, yeah. yeah, so so how how we found you? So um, Patty and I, Patty, uh, uh, Patty, my wife, she and I, uh, we got married on March 8th of 2008. And, um, shortly after getting married, um, I, I don't, I don't remember why this thought went through my head, but, um, I, I kind of sat there and was like, you know, you know, as a husband, it is my job to, you know, protect and provide. And, and, you know, this idea of protecting, I was like, okay, you know, I feel like I can take care of myself, but now I've got somebody else to take care of also. And so I started looking around for just different self-defense. And, and um, uh, will uh, ask this: You want the quick story on how I found Google you, I found you, or do you want the real story about how I found out about crop? <laughs> you
1: no, know, I like to hear the real story. Let, let let let's let's see how you picked it. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay, here we go all right here we go here's how I picked up crop so um so so Patty and I we were married out here we 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 got married on Zuma Beach um and but we're both from San Antonio so um in March you know so we get married out here and we went at the end of March we went back to to San Antonio for you know the big family reception um Patty is Hispanic um she has I think like three thousand cousins Um, And other relatives and stuff. And so there's this this giant event and we had a mariachi band there. So, um, you know, just big event. But that's also allergy season um, back in San Antonio. And um, uh, I have horrible allergies against oak. And so we're back there and I'm at my mom and dad's house. Um, oak trees all over the place. High pollen count. I am dying. I mean, I've got like Kleenex stuffed up my nose. I'm like, I'm, I'm popping Benadryl and allergy medicines like they're like, like, like they're Pez candy. And I'm just, so I'm popping this stuff. And while I'm doing that, um, I was watching, uh, I, was, I was sitting in the bedroom and flipping channels ended up on VH1 for some reason. And it was that, um, I don't remember that show, uh, it was like Celebrity Fit Camp or something like that. I, I forget. And I don't know why, but I hate reality TV, but I start watching this thing of a bunch of fat <laughs> celebrities trying to lose weight. Okay. And so it was so one of like the challenges or whatever was um, uh, somebody coming on and teaching Kraft McGahn. And it was actually, um, Moni, oh, what's his name? The guy that does combat Krav Maga. Um, I'm completely going blank. Um, not Moni. His, it's, it's, his, it's, yeah, it's, his first name anyways, is that. Yeah. So he was the one that was on there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, again, I forget his last mm-hmm. name. I apologize. But um, but he was like the guest on there teaching Krav. And I'm watching this and, I'm, and they're doing like gun disarms and everything. And I'm like, man, this is actually kind of cool. And so – <laughs> then I turn around, and we get back to we get back out to L.A. and so I type in Krav Maga near Burbank, and you know Chatsworth came up, um, and and I reached out from there. But so I, I I just always think it's funny that you know like I I found Chatsworth on Google, but I found out about Krav from a you know again from VH1 Celebrity Fit Camp. So <laughs> I, I'd never heard of it before then, and just I was like, this is really cool. So um, anyway, it's just kind of goofy story, but yeah, hmm. so. Um, uh, I, I have no idea this is, this is one of those weird things. I have no idea how I didn't end up in Sherman Oaks, honestly, be, with, with worldwide in Sherman Oaks, because being in Burbank, um, Sherman Oaks is obviously closer to, to Burbank than Chatsworth was. And mm-hmm. somehow, um, I ended up on, you know, I ended up out in Chatsworth, you know, shot you an email. Uh, and I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember this or not, but it was actually uh, from my, uh, fr- from my old ACN account. And um, which is a network marketing company that Patty and I used to do. And yeah. you called that same day and you were like, hey, you uh, know, you know, saw you, you know, you know, saw your, saw your contact. Um, I saw you have an ACN account. Do you do ACN? And I was like, yeah, you know, my, my my wife and I used to. He's like, hey, you know, Larry Raskin. I was like, yeah, I know Larry Raskin. He's like, yeah, I trained him. I'm on his team. I was like, no kidding. Like, yeah. Hey, do you know Mike Basudio? I'm like, I'm on Basuti's team. And so (laughs) immediately just on the phone, you and I knew a bunch of the same people from this network marketing company. And I was like, all right, this is cool. So, so Patty and I went out there, um, again, April 24th of 2008, we went out there and, um, uh, did a lesson with you. Cat was out there. Um, and then, uh, you know, Carlin came in a little bit later and, um, we signed up that same day. Um, and you know, ever since then, you know, here we are coming up on 14 years now and, um, yeah, it was, you know, those were the, the old Tuesday, Thursday mornings, you know, Tony Hardy signed up a month later, you know, he signed right. up in May, mm-hmm. so I always had that on him, you know, I'm your black belt number seven, he's black belt number eight, because he showed up late, so that's, um, well, hey,
1: yeah, you know, so it just you, and, that's... and here we are, <laughs> <laughs> here we hopefully are, he's so. listening to that, so that we can, we, he can get a little bit of rapping about that, because that's, that's pretty awesome. So the yeah. so I remember that. I mean, you were coming to yeah. day classes, and um, you guys had me pretty much yeah. all the time. I mean, I was the one teaching that day class, and then you got all that keto work. And yep. also, as the year stopped, started going, I because I'm the one that taught all the day classes. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. you came into Krav when it was pretty hardcore, and still... But, you know, your personality is the one that would stick with it back in the day. You know, back in the day... Mm-hmm. Everybody would test for yellow belt but not everybody would come back after yellow belt. You know what I mean? It was yeah. uh, you know, we were re- we were definitely going, man, something's not not gelling right. We need to make some changes in our in what we're doing to make sure we yeah. can facilitate people to stick around, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I know that was those were those were yeah. fun times, but that's, you know, that's how Krav goes and then I've kind of been intertwined in your life ever since. I mean, I I remember um mm-hmm. I remember how hard it was when dad when dad passed away you know what I mean and uh yeah uh, man that was,
2: was uh today's the twenty first that was ten years ago um in six days February 27th. i remember
1: I remember that like it was yesterday um, that it was just one of those things that's kind of ingrained in my head uh mm-hmm. uh I just kind of remember that like it was yesterday i did uh, didn't mom and dad come out at all for one of your tests or something to that effect? Did they not or not? Did they not get to see it? They so, did, didn't they?
2: Yeah. Okay. So, so my, no. So, um, so yeah, like I said, we're, we're coming up on 10 years now. Okay. So February 27th of, uh, 2012 is when my dad passed away and he, and he, he, you know, he had a bad heart. Um, um, you know, it was like, we, we always knew it was going to be the heart that went. And um, in early February, um, uh, early February of 2012, I got a call—an urgent call—from my mom, and it was just get home now. And um, I jumped on the plane, flew out there, and my dad was already at um, uh, uh, it was it was, was Brook Army Medical Center back in the day. I forget what they call it now, but um, he was uh, he was there on Fort Sam, and they had him they had him completely under. Um, and you know, it was just that his heart was about to go. And so we, I was out there for a couple of days and then, um, uh, flew home and with the intent of getting Patty and the, and, and the twins and driving back out there. And so we did that. And, um, I, we had just gotten into Texas cause again, we, we were driving. So we were, um, we were just East of El Paso and I got a call from my little, sorry. I got a text from my little sister saying, um, You know, dad's gone. Like it was and and she texted because you know, with where we were again ten years ago, um, you know, with self- and so she sent me a text just to make sure I got the message that dad was gone. And you know, so I sat there for a sec, um and I saw I sent out a message. Um I sent a message to it was, you know, to you, Fred Hogue, Tony, you know, some some of my Mm -hmm. guys, and just said, Hey, you know what? You know at this time on this day um you know uh bill crouch you know passed away my dad's gone and you know i got a couple text messages from, from some other people and i don't know how but um my phone actually rang and it was you and you were the one that called up and you were the first person you you were the first person i talked to uh, Again, we get everything else was text so i was getting messages from you know my from, from my from, from my family and everything just making sure but um, somehow in that little dead space, um, there was there was a signal somewhere on on I ten, and uh, it was you and just you know calling up and just saying hey how, you know how you doing, and you know that that was really cool. And then it was April that we had pre test number one uh, for 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 my first degree black belt. I was a brown belt at the time, and it was April that we had uh, pre test number one. And um, uh, I remember halfway through that test we were doing the cauldron. And, um, this is when you had just thrown, uh, combos one to 15 on us. Cause we always only had one to four. We had the boss <laughs> one to four. And then a month before, um, we start testing, you're like, Hey guys, instead of four, we're going to have 15 combinations. And so we're doing this cauldron <laughs> and we're all strong. still trying to learn the combos and, and, uh, Tony, Tony Hardy was my partner. And, uh, cause he and I did every test together and, um, you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to town and, as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, I'm, I'm hitting those pads and I'm like, man, I was like, this is so cool. You know, black belt finally going to get to do this. And it's been four years I've been doing this and, and um, you know, just really excited about it. And then in my head, as I'm hitting, I'm like, dad's not going to get to see me get my black belt. Yeah. And I started getting choked up and I'm still hitting and I start speeding things up and I'm hitting faster. And Tony's trying to keep up with me. And I'm just wailing away. And, and at one point he goes, dude, slow down. You're going to get gassed. And i looked at him i said bro i either hit fast and destroy something or i'm gonna freaking lose it right now and he, and he knew exactly what i was talking about because you know it was it, it hadn't even been two months yet and he looks at me he goes and, and it, 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 i'll never forget this he just looks at me and he smiles and he goes bro you, you hit as hard as you need to hit." and i was like all right cool and i just i tore through that thing knowing that if i slowed down i was going to freaking lose it thinking about my dad but um but uh mom did make it to my first degree so she did come out in um uh in june of 2012 uh, but yeah, dad wasn't there, but yeah, my so my mom came out for that one. Actually, John Viverka, yellow. I, I, I don't even remember if he had his yellow belt yet. Um, but John was out there, um, you know, for, for, for my first degree, I've got a picture of that one, um, of, uh, him and some <laughs> other guys, uh, actually we, 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 jokingly called the, we called the Burbank crowd babysitting fail because both of the twins are sitting there in little camo tutus. And they're like just screaming about something. You see John sitting there with his big eyes as these two little, these two two little babies are like screaming and he's like holding up a ball trying to get one to stop crying. And and so, uh, but yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he was only in for about two weeks at that time, which is crazy. So he just posted that. Um, but yeah, so, so John was at my first degree my mom was at my first degree. The twins were at my first degree, you know? So yeah, it was, um, but yeah, so, so we, you know, lost dad again. Like I said, we're coming up on 10 years now. Uh, six days will be 10 years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember it. I remember it like it was yesterday. And, uh, that was definitely, uh, um, (laughs) Viverka terrified that that, that's just not in his vocabulary. I don't think, I mean, um, (laughs) <laughs> so let's talk about, cause I, you know, there was a time too now, uh, like being intertwined. So this is, I, I wanted to hit on this today too. So, uh, there was a time that you guys were trying to have, uh, some uh, children of your own and it just wasn't yep. happening. Right. And so you guys yep. decided that you're going to go yeah. on the way of adoption. So first thing that I think you guys did is become foster parents is right. You had to go through that process, right? Yeah right yeah so, um, we went
2: through that and it was interesting because pat patty and i we, we had always talked about adopting like that was just something that um like early on but like like when we first met like our first date somehow it came up that we both had you know that this desire to adopt and we didn't know what that looked like we just knew that you know we wanted to adopt and so the plan was always like have two of our own and then adopt a third and um yeah when, when uh when, when we started trying um we were having a lot of problems and it just it was not happening and so we were with kaiser at the time so we started doing um so we went in for like you know infertility um you know evaluation all that kind of stuff and started doing uh, uh you know some hormone hormone therapies and it just it just wasn't happening and that was rough because you know you've got this plan you've got this idea, you know you get this idea of what's supposed to happen and and, um, as Patty puts it, you know, she's like, you know, no little girl grows up going, wow, I can't wait to grow up, find the man of my life, get married. And, um, then, you know, have a doctor try to get us pregnant. You know, that's just, that's not right. the plan. <laughs> and, um, <Yeah>. uh, so <laughs> let's just be honest, you know, but, um, so we were like, okay, you know what, we it got to a point where we we're like, okay, you know what, this, this isn't going to happen. Let's start looking at adopting and And at the time, um uh, we were going to Cornerstone out in Simi Valley, uh, Francis Chan's, uh, old church, um, mm-hmm. uh, Todd and I, th- I think he might still be there, but, but, uh, Todd, uh, was the, was the pastor that married us and, um, and Cornerstone, um, again, at the time, at least had a huge foster community. And, um, so that's how we were introduced to fostering. And so as we started to look into adoption and everything, we're like, you know what, let's, let, let's, let's, Let's look at fostering, and so yeah, we became foster parents through L.A. County, and um, uh, that was that was rough. Um, I mean, it, it like the the just the process of becoming foster parents, the background checks, and then the, all the classes you have to go through, and um, it was you know it was pretty intense. And we didn't go directly through the county; we went through what's called a, a, a an FAA or a Foster Adoption Associate. I, I, I forget what what FAA stands. For, but we went through a private company that that contracts with LA County, um, which means it was actually one additional step of bureaucracy. But it, it was—I I think it's the way to go. And um, so we did that. We got—you uh, know—being competitive like we are, you know, we were told that the process to get uh, certified was usually about six—you know—six months to a year. And so the first thing that we both asked was, well, "What's the fastest this has ever been done?" And uh, they're like, "Well, three months." And we're like, "All right, cool. Let's beat that." And so just because we're competitive, why not? And so um, we, uh, I think we got th- – there was, there, there was like one course left that wasn't being offered, and that was the one thing that slowed us down. So we ended up getting cert- certified on August 30th of uh, – would have been 2011. Yeah, August 30th of 2011 was when, we got, it was, it was when we got certified. And on September 1st, so two days later, we got a call – saying hey um there's uh there's a little girl she's 18 months old um her um she's about to be adoptable um the uh, the, the, the 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 judge is about to um it's called tpr or terminate or terminate parental rights um right. which means that all the process was done and now she just need to be adopted and we're like right on let's you know and they're like or we've got um these 9 month old african american twin girls and, um, and Patty and I, we had always like, we, we had said the only way we do a sibling set was if they were twins and here they are saying, Hey, twins and Patty had always wanted twins. And, you know, anyways, and when we were doing um, all the infertility treatment, we we're like, okay, that's going to, that's going to up our odds for having twins. So, um, so, um,
1: so, uh <laughs> can you go ahead and
2: just post that so we can see why i'm laughing um
1: yeah mark schmidt's got schmidt. he looks like your twin
2: schmidt, i don't, bro i miss you so much that i decided to get my schmidt cut just so i could look in the mirror and still remember you so um <laughs> thanks for interrupting my train of thought schmidt love you buddy um but uh yeah so so you know again we we, 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 we get this call saying that they're you know, you know, nine month old, uh, African-American twin girls. And they had just been brought into the foster care system, like, like literally the day prior. So we were good. So this was going to be the beginning. And we were like, you know what, let's do it. So it September 1st of 2011. And, um, you know, funny story about that one. this one was a trip. Um, my mom was on the plane to fly out here and visit. She had no idea. Like we had no idea. Like nobody knew that we were going to be getting, you know, girls that you know, kids that day, and um, so I go and I, I, I pick up Patty and I and we drive over to Burbank to pick up my mom, and she gets in the car, you know, big hugs and everything, you know, good to see you. We're just going to have a fun little weekend with mom out here, and uh, I said, hey, before we go home, we have to make a quick stop, and she goes, okay, what do we do? And, what do we got to do? I said, well, we got to go pick up your granddaughters, and like she just stops for a second, her eyes get little big, she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, we just got to call two hours ago. You were on the plane. I said, I've already talked, you know, I said, I've already talked to dad. Cause again, this is before my dad passed away. Um, I said, I've already talked to dad. Um, he knows what's going on and um, you know, and yeah, we're, we're, we're gone. And so we, dro- so we drove down to DCFS and um, uh, went walking in and, you know, sure enough, it was, you know, you know, here, you know, here you go. And they handed us the twins and, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff and, you know, going from not having a kid, not having, not having anything. I mean, we, we had you know, a nursery ready for a singleton and we had one seat, and we had one, this and one that. And then all of a sudden it was like, all right, well now, you know, here, you know, twin month old girls and here we go. Um, so if that was a scramble to get everything, you know, uh, mom went on a shopping spree, uh, with dad's permission, he called her up and said, get them whatever they need, which was a huge blessing. Um, and, uh, yeah. So then we, so that got us into the, uh, that got us into the uh, fostering process, and uh, yeah, and then we go from there. So yes,
1: so I remember, yeah, I remember that. Um, you know what that was like uh, for you guys when you first when you first came. Now you know, and then all of a sudden, going from nobody to two kids, um, and they were how old at the time? How old were they at the time? They were
2: nine months at the time. Yeah, so they nine were, months they, old. They were, they, were, they were nine months old at the time.
1: Yeah, I, that's. I have, a, uh, I have
2: a picture that still pops up every now and then with uh, you, with with you holding Lexi uh, when, when the first time we took into the studio. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I know. I've seen that so picture that, pop that, up too. I, that I picture mean, I of remember, Lexi and Papa
2: Mark. So <laughs> yeah,
1: I remember. I remember it. I remember it well. And uh, uh, when when you guys because uh, that wasn't adoption right away, right? This is was this was foster care first, right? Before adoption or not? How did that work? What's that? was it adoption, the adoption right away or was it foster no, care first no.
2: it was foster care for uh, uh 1042 days no 1024 days um is how long they were in the foster care system um so you know we don't go into too much details about it because it's the it's it's the girl's story you know right. not ours mm-hmm. but um th- their mom um their mom was special needs herself and um she was with an organization that was trying to help her out. Um, but it was just, it wasn't working out, but because mom was special needs, um, she was given a lot of extra leeway, which, which we understand, you know, that the, right. the, the goal, the goal of foster care is not necessarily to take kids away from their parents. It's to, it's to put the kids in, 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 you know, the best place. And, and actually for, for, for a lot of people, the goal is to reunify these these families and, you know, make it stronger because sometimes it's just, you know, mom or dad, um, you know, didn't really have a chance. And so, you know, by getting classes and by getting counseling and, 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 and learning about things, um, sometimes, you know, they can be reunified and OK, that's cool. Um, and so for basically a little over you know three years, um, every time we would go down to court, it was we don't know if this is the day that the judge is going to say mom has done enough and these girls need to go back to mom. You know, we were having to do, um, uh, we were, we were doing a visitation a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know, mom was taking classes. We're taking care of the girls. I and mean, when you're fostering, and this is, this is a rough way to say it. Um, but when you're fostering, you're essentially a glorified babysitter. Um, you know, where you don't really have a lot of rights, you don't really have a lot of say, you know, you're taking care of these kids, you're being scrutinized, um, and, and as it should be, you know, you, you hear about these horrors of, you know, just horrible foster parents, um, and, right. and just the things that they do, and, and it's, it's disgusting, I can tell you right now, that no one, no one wants to stack bodies of people like that more than the good foster parents. Like I, 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 like every time that I hear about, you know, bad foster parents, like abusing children, this and that, like, all I want to do is, you know, get my, get my posse together and go find.
0: Them. Right. Yeah. I, yep, I get that. Why,
2: why, you know, you've got social workers. Yeah. You, I mean, I understand why you've got social workers coming through your house. I understand why every little, every little bump or scrape has to be documented. like, like everything. So I get it, but God, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's so <laughs> exhausting. And, you know, so you're doing all this with the knowledge that at any point the judge may say, hey, you know what, it's time to take these kids away and give them back to mom um, or dad Mm -hmm. or or, or whomever. And, you you know, every night that we're putting the girls to bed, we're sitting. There go, you know, in the back of your head, you're going, you know, what we had a great day today. This is fun. These are my daughters. You know, they call me, they, you know, they call me data, they call Patty Mama. You know, the, you know, I introduced them as my daughters. And, and tomorrow they may be taken away and given back to, you know, bio mom. And yeah, that's, man, yeah, that's talk a- about the amount of stress that that causes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and even if it's subconscious, it's just, it, it, it's like, I, I'm, I'm very, very careful about the term PTSD um, or PTS um, just because of the, you know, the vets in my life and, and some of the things these guys have done. But, um, you know, talking with counselors, they'll straight up tell you, like, like no, what, you know, it, it was basically three years of, you know, all of that cortisol running through your brain thinking that, you know, what, at any moment, a social worker could, could show up and reunify the family, mm-hmm. meaning that you're going to lose your kids. And, you know, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of PTS that goes on with that. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm very careful about using that word or about using that phrase, but, um, that shit's stressful.
1: It really is. Yeah. I yeah so I remember like, yeah. uh, until you knew, you know, that, Hey, this is coming down the pike. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember, you know, parts yeah. of it where, you know, there was times that they get to see mom and stuff like that. So, um, you know let's let's talk about the um uh what it's like to to um adopt african american right uh, mm-hmm. cuz you know when you brought them down here it's not like uh uh what was the what what's some of the funny stories that you get having the kids <laughs> when you have the kids oh that's that's man
2: pretty. um yeah those are f- uh, i remember one time i was up walking the girls um you know that i had been a stroller and we're walking along and there was a, a little, little kid uh, across the street um and just just from like across the street he just yells he's like hey hey whose babies are those and i was like well and and uh I, I i i look at him and i was like they're mine you know and this kid just looks at me all weird and everything and and, uh, you know, and, and I was like, okay, here we go. And and, and it's, it's one of the fun things about kids. They'll just say stuff. You know, they don't even really care. Um, we, we were at the hospital one time. Um, uh, we were in the emergency room because uh, uh, I think it was Lex. She had a really high fever. We had to take her down there. And uh, we were over here in Pasadena. And, you know, I, I had a long talk with Tony about this, with Tony Hardy about this one afterwards because I was like – I. I felt really uncomfortable down there. Like the looks that we were getting, you know, um, and we're, we're getting a lot of like, like hateful looks. Um, and, and at one point this guy comes walking over to me, he's a Hispanic guy and he comes walking over.
1: Oh boy. Did we lose Chris there? You're back.
2: Um, I'm back. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and, and he's like, Hey, uh, is that your kid? And I look at this guy and I'm like, yeah, it is. And, um, he's like, well, that's weird because, you know, you look like this and she looks like that. And, and he literally said that. And I'm just like, <laughs> I, I, I was like, are you kidding me? And, and I just look okay. at him. I'm like, wow, man, nothing gets past you, does it? You know? And, and <laughs> I mean, to the point where I was like, I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to hand my kid to, 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 to Patty, you know, I'm about to hand Lexi to Patty so I can kick this guy's ass. I'm like, I'm like, are we about to go down this, this, um, (sighs) I'm, I'm, I'm I'm trying to say, I'm trying to think of like the the most politically correct way to say this, but, um, we, we, we've definitely had some, some accusations of, you know, stealing kids from the black community. Um, you know, uh, you know, white savior, you know, I'm I'm like, we, we're we're just foster parents. We got the call, you know, and, and we adopted these girls and these are my daughters now. And, you know, it, it, it's so, so we, 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 we've definitely, I mean, I, I will say this though. I've had, we've gotten more love than hate. I will say that much. I remember one time, man, we were, we were at the LA Zoo and, um, this one we had Jackson also. We can, we can talk about him in a minute, but, um, right. Uh, we're at the zoo and I'm like, you know, I'm walking with the twins and I think Patty had Jackson and, and there was an elderly, uh, black lady sitting off to the side, um, just on, on a bench and, she looks over at us and I look at her and she just gives me this giant smile. And, you know, I smile back at her and she, and she just looks at me, she goes, bless you for taking care of those, for taking care of those little kids. And like, all I wanted to do was just run over, just give her a big hug. I was like, this is so cool. Right. You know? And and it was just one of those things where, you know, she recognized that, um, you know, well, honestly, she recognized the game that, the girls and I used to play they, they, they we used to play, we used to play a game called what's different, what's the same. And so we would go through, we, we, we were talk about the things that are different. So it's like, okay, you know, and, and this is when they were like three, four years old, you know, we still kind of play around every now and then, but it's like, you know, what's different. Uh, well, you know, our hair is different. You know, our skin color is different. Dad has blue eyes, you know, you know, Lexine's, you know, Lexine's Andy Jackson have brown eyes and we play these games and then we would go, okay, cool. What's the same. And they're like, well, we all have two hands and ten fingers and you know, eyes and ears and nose. And we were talking about you know how we have so much more in common um than is different. And getting to getting to do stuff like that and being get getting to be a an example of um you know, at the end of the day, we're all human, you know, right? Like, you know, that's mm-hmm. the race that we are. And and I don't know, it's 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 awesome. It's a
1: it's yes yeah, so it's it's always and, you know, you
2: know we we're, we're, you know, we definitely do go out of our way to make sure that the girls go ahead,
1: sorry yes is you're still there it's it keeps bopping in and out cutting yeah, in and out. um so you know i' i you know we've we've seen that since uh since the time because uh I'm sure that they've had their share of the same thing in school. And and just how it is, just just I don't know, just in today's world, how to show it love, it still has to go through uh, the, the scrutiny of it. You know what I mean? And and then uh, I think the funniest one is when you told me what, what you'd said. The biggest difference is how to do their hair. Right? There's definitely. Dude,
2: uh, <laughs> dude. that. that, that. Huge learning curve. Like Patty is a big like, – So I mean, Patty's Hispanic. She's got like straight, straight hair, like no curls, no nothing. And then it's and and the the girls actually all, all, all three of the kids, the girls and Jackson, um, have uh, what's referred to as four C hair, which is like you know um, it is it is like the tightest, cheekiest curls. And like when we like get their hair wet, and we're washing it. You know, it gets brushed out and everything. Like their hair comes down to like like past their chin. And then, um, but then when it dries, it's like just super, super tight. And so, man, I mean, that that, that was when Tony and Mel used to come over. Just so Mel like teach Patty it. how to do hair. Like Patty has books about doing black hair, videos. You know, I mean, like, like we, we've been, we've literally, I kid you not, man, we have been stopped by strangers on the street, going, "Oh my gosh, those kids are so are so pretty. Can I please help you with their hair?" Because holy crap that's horrible you know and so we like, so, like but now i mean Pat, patty's a freaking rock star man she like she she'll do like you know she'll do like corn rows and like like twists and this and that you know so so like like sundays you know saturdays and sundays those are hair days and i mean that's a that's like a five six hour process so the kids are right
1: that's, yeah, that's, mind, I though, think that that's the, that's fu- the whole that, bunch me, of movies. Like, you know, and, that's and if, one of the funniest I mean, things. You, yeah. About.
2: That'll usually be the same, same day. You know, like I'll
1: <laughs> I think that's one of the funniest, uh, oh, the funniest dude. stories you told well, me about. I mean, about even now, just, like, I just,
2: like, like on Saturday or Sunday, I'll go in and like, I'll take a shower and like, like, you know, clean up. Dad,
0: you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh yeah. yeah that's i think that's one of the funniest ones so yeah, crazy, so you yeah. had the sisters and then all of a sudden jackson comes into play they have a brother and uh so let's yeah. talk about how he came yeah. into your so, life um, what, what happened with that what that looked like
2: yeah so so we adopted the girls we finalized their adoption yeah so so they, they came in on you know like i said they came to us on September 1st of 2011. Um, and then we finalized their adoption on, on June 27th of 2014. So that's the day that we adopted them. So then on August 6th of 2014, DCFS saying, Hey, mom just had another one. And, and um, you know, they're like based on everything else, um, you know, the, the the hospital is is, is not going to let her take is not going to let her take him home he he, he was in uh, the ICU at the time there was an emergency C section for failure to thrive and um uh so they were like you know you know basically mom had another uh you've got the twins do you want another one and so we we're like yeah let's do this and so on August 27 so two months to the day um, Jackson was three weeks old and he came home, he came home to us and real early on um i'm talking like the next day uh, as we started like figuring some stuff out we realized that there was something that was very very wrong and um i mean he was tiny he was like i think he was like four and a half pounds or something like that like he barely fit in right. the car mm-hmm. seat and um uh you know you remember like how skinny he was and his eyes were real right. big and everything and uh, as the girls like to put it, as, as the twins like to say, um, he looked like an alien goldfish. That's what they, so they still say that about him. <laughs>
0: so, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what up.
2: that means, but um, <laughs> an alien goldfish. Okay. But uh, it tur- turns out that um, Jack was diagnosed with uh, fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, uh, meaning that uh, mom was drinking alcohol while pregnant with him and um that causes a lot of health issues um, a lot of developmental issues he uh, he has microcephaly which means that his head is smaller um his brain is um you know um his brain is not as developed um he's just he's he's just got a whole you know he, he, he had a heart issue um there's just a lot of stuff that um was that was wrong and messed up because of alcohol um and uh you know, and and, and so now, uh, you know, you know. Fast forward a little bit. Jackson's now seven. Um, he, you know, developmentally, he's probably about three or four. Um, you know, he, he's he's you know, he's doing better, but um, you know, he's never going to be. Uh, you know, it's it's severe enough that 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 he's never going to be. Um, I I don't I don't like to use the word normal. But, um, but you know what I mean? You know, he's not going to be your typical seven-year-old. He's not going to be your typical 10-year-old. Right. Um, developmentally, the doc was saying that, uh, developmentally, he, you know, he might get, you know, somewhere around, you know, 12, 13, but you know, that you just, you just don't know.
0: Right. And,
2: yeah. um, that, that, that has been the biggest stressor. And, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. You've talked about that on, on how stressful that can be. So yeah. You um, know, where, uh, you know, we, 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 we taught, we, you know, we,
2: we, we ta- we've, you know, Patty is Patty's a freaking champ. Um, I mean, she, she's taken, you know, FASD courses. Uh, there, there's a, there's a, there's a group on on Facebook, um, that, you know, so she, she's taken this point and, uh, you know just having to uh you know just, but there're just times when we kind of have to explain to people kind of what's going on.
1: Yeah. So well that's uh, yeah that's definitely um and, and and that's the reason I wanted to hit I wanted to hit a little bit on, on on the race thing that you know it's it's something that you guys have been uh been open with and and you know what's the same what's different all, all the stuff that you guys came up with which is which is which is really awesome. And the race has been one thing but that's not as hard as what the learning disorder is. And that's what I think what I wanted to talk about is what you have to go through, not only for the L.A., yeah, because I, a I bit, had sorry. kids with this. What's that? You there? You still with me, Chris? Yeah.
2: Mark, you back. We were breaking up a little bit.
1: Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me, sir? Can you hear me or no, Chris? Chris? I hate that uh, you're hate just break,
2: to, you're, you're breaking up a little bit. I was losing you.
1: Okay. So I'm okay here now.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit yes. about the race and what it's like to, what it's like to, you know, to adopt a, a, you know, a different race, because I knew that you, you've had some, some comments and you've had some looks and in it, it and that goes both ways, but really the real struggle is it has nothing to do with race. It has to do with learning disorders. Mm -hmm. race really didn't didn't you know Mm -hmm. that was the least of what you guys have gone through now when you have uh, kids with special needs that you're trying to get through uh, an la uh, system that are not (laughs) that's stacked against you has nothing to do with color it has all to do with with the bureaucracy of just nothing but bullshit that you you have to go through and what that what that looks like um And that's probably more your bigger struggle is how to, how to deal with, um, because uh, here, listen, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's not unheard of for people to uh, adopt outside their race. Okay. That's something that happens all the time, but it, what hits home for most people is when their kids are having learning disorders and they can't seem to, uh, to, um, get through the school system and how you dealt with that. And, uh, where you guys are at with it now. So where yeah. are you guys doing now? And yeah, well, let's so talk it, about that real quick.
2: Yeah. Well, so, so in first grade, both of the twins were diagnosed dyslexic, um, uh, you know, ADHD tendencies, just, you know, severe dyslexia. And, um, uh, you know, we were trying you know, so, so we had the IEP, you know, the, uh, uh it was an individual education plan. Uh, we had IEP right. set up for them and, and the school they were in, um, had a lot of good intentions, but just didn't have the resources and, um, just weren't giving the girls the services they needed. And so we were finally, we were finally at the point where like, you know, we got to do something else. And so we found a couple of, we found a school in Pasadena that specializes in dyslexia and autism and, and, and learning differences, learning disabilities, learning differences. And, um uh you know the only way to get the kids over there was to sue the school and um and at this point the administration at the school was they were really playing a lot of games um and um we ended up uh suing the school that they were at and um you know the the, the school went, they, they wanted to fight they wanted to play they, they wanted to play games and so we got a really good attorney who specializes in kids with uh special needs and um we we ended up winning. And, um, so last year, uh, yeah, last year, um, Lexi, uh, ended up going to the school. Zandi wasn't able to go to that school. Um, because, because, uh, because of some of her behavioral issues and, um, you know, so, so we got her over there and then, uh, and then we, we had to sue again for Zandi. So now we've got both of the girls in two separate schools. One is going to school in Pasadena, one's going to school in North Hollywood and, um, they're 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 thriving now because they finally they they're finally getting the services they need. But the stuff we had to go through, like right now, we're still in the middle of a lawsuit with um uh, with one of the school districts because the their old school was only going to pay for one year, which is fine, we understand that. Um, but then we said that we had to transfer over to the school district, and we're still. I mean, I'm I'm like I've got to email our attorneys later on today. So I mean, this is a, you know it's been a three year process. Um, just trying to get our, just trying to get our kids to, to be in a point where, you know, they're, they're getting the services they need and, um, it's discouraging. And I mean, I'll tell you what, we're putting everything on the credit card just so we're getting a whole lot of flight miles on Southwest, (laughs) Cause,
1: right.
2: <laughs> um, I'm like, I'm like, we're flying to Tahiti after this. I don't know. You know, I don't know where we're flying. I don't, we're <laughs> flying as far as Southwest can go. And we're taking the whole damn family. Cause we've got so many miles at this point having to pay, you know, four grand out of pocket every month. Um, plus the attorney fees. Um, it's so, you know, well, it's just, it's, you know, but, but we're, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, we're doing what we need to do, you know, for our mm-hmm. kids. And anytime that anybody sits there and says anything about, you know, oh, you know, a biological parent versus an adoptive parent, I'm like, I, you <laughs> know, I will, I mean, I'll, I'll don't, you know, like, I mean, like we're not having that conversation, um, you know, and, and, you know, I just sit there and go, you know, this is, you know, this, this is what we do. This is what we're doing at this point. And so, um, you know, trying, but yeah, yeah, just trying to navigate, um, the school system with special needs kids. Um, it's, it's rough. And, you know, sometimes a lot, a lot of times it is the bureaucracy, you know, um, you know, and, and other times, other times, honestly, it's, it's ego. You know, that was what we ran into at the girls' school. It was, no, we can do it. It's like, no, you can't. No, you know, these are all services that we can provide. No, you don't have people that are specialized in this, or you don't have enough people that are specialized in this, or you're, I mean, like, like one of Zandi's teachers, um in uh gosh i think it was it was right before the lockdown so that was 2020 so she would have been in third grade her uh her 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 reading teacher um you know you know second third grade is 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 when um is when the, the the switch happens where you know up until second grade kids are learning to read and then after that kids are reading to learn so um you know, in third grade, Zandy wasn't reading. You know, at, at the time, and so she she had a reading specialist who was amazing that was helping her out. But the but her 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 lead, her, her literacy teacher, um, her 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 actual reading teacher, um, straight up said to the other to the to this specialized teacher, the special needs teacher, oh, it's not my job to teach her how to read. She should already know how to do that. You know, so you need to do that. And would make no accommodations for her whatsoever. Um, I mean, we just like like she was being bullied yeah. at school. Um, I mean, in one of the IEPs, I got up and walked out, and they were like, you know, they, apparently they looked at Patty like, should we wait for him to come back? And Patty's like, no, let's just keep going. He'll come back in when he calms down. Like, I was ready to flip the <laughs> table. And, I've been there. And um, like, uh, there, there was, there, there was, and, and, and to, this is the IP that was like right before uh, the lockdown. So, I mean, so it was March of 2020, early March of 2020. And um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you with um, we, uh, uh, you know, February Black History Month. And so in March, she was given a, you know, the, the class was given an assignment by this teacher. And, and, and what it was, was it, it was, a, it was a piece of paper, okay, and it had... it it had like at the top there was text and it just said um you know write about what you learned in black history month like what your favorite thing was that you learned um make sure that you know you're 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 indenting your paragraphs and using proper punctuation and 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 mind you this is you know and and then from there it was just a bunch of lines and then a second page it was just a bunch of lines for these kids to learn well you got zandy who can't read struggles to write is bullied by the other kids. Um, you know, she's been called stupid. She's been ignored by the teacher, like all this kind of stuff. And so the teacher gives this to her and Zandy's thing is to just get up and leave. So she got up and just ran out of the room, you know, that, so that she would avoid <laughs> that shame. And so we get, so, 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 the, so, so the teacher emails this paper home and said, this is what Zandy was supposed to do today. She didn't do it. You know, please make sure she does it at home. And I was like, and so I, I look at it. And I was just like, mother, yeah, I was pissed. <laughs> and so Zandy gets home and I was like, Hey baby, we got to talk real quick. And so I was like, let's go into dad's office. And so we're sitting in my office and uh, we're sitting on the couch in my office. And, uh, I was like, I was like, Hey, um, you know what, uh, you know, Miss Cooper sent a, you know, s- sent this email home today and she sent this paper home and she looks at it and it's like, her eyes get real big and she starts to cry and she grabs a pillow and she puts a pillow over her head to like hide, you know, again, it's a shame. And I was like, no baby. I, was, I said, listen. Put the pillow down i was like i need you to see this real quick and I, i'm holding it up i said this is what was sent home i said i want i want you to see what dad thinks of this assignment and she looks at it and i grab it and i rip it in half and i go this is bullshit and she in her eyes get real big and she was like what i'm like what is this and she goes it's not a good assignment i was like no that's not what i said what is this and she goes it's my mm. third grader okay she goes it's bullshit. I'm like, exactly. It's bullshit. And I rip it up again. And I set and, and I set it down. And uh and I grabbed my phone and I hit record on my phone. And I said, Hey baby, tell me what you learned about Black History Month. That little girl talked for 10 minutes straight about everything that she learned from like the watching, watching videos and talking about this. And, 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 you know, she was talking about Martin Luther dreams. You know, I have a you know, Martin Luther King, you know, I, I have a dream speech. And she was, she was taught just, just she talked for 10 minutes straight about things that she learned. And man, I got to tell you right there. I hope I'm not losing you. um I got to tell you no, right, I'm there, here. right there. Okay, good. Cause th- th- this is one of those things that, you know, I don't know how many people are watching this or like when you're dealing with other kids or even other people, one of the biggest things for me that I learned from that from that thing right there was, especially when dealing with kids with special needs, like dyslexia and stuff like that, um, I don't care how you get the information to your brain and how you transfer that information. I care that it's getting in there, and the way that I look at it, and, and, and it's something that Patty and I talk about, you know, Patty and I are both avid readers. Um, the girls are avid readers also, but the girls do all their reading with their ears. They, those little girls that they are always listening to audible. Like we, we cannot, like I run out of credits on audible every month because of all the books that they're listening to. And so when people sit there and go, Oh, well, you're not really reading the book. You're listening to the book. Bullshit. You're reading the book. You're just reading with your ears, not with your eyes. You know, you wouldn't tell right. a blind person that they're not reading because they're using their fingers you know, sort of dyslexic. To us and they're not reading because they're using their ears and not their eyes. Um, you know, writing. Yes. It's, it's the common way that we do things. Reading It's a common way. It, it was the way that we would transfer information before we had things like, like videos and audio and stuff like that. And so um, like, that's been one of the biggest uh, switches for, for, for me and Patty, just like, you know, j- j- just, just, recognizing that, you know, our kids learn differently. But man they are smart as hell so you know when they're working on a new script or something like that because you know that they're they, they've been on a couple tv shows and commercials so when they're working on a new script um we'll read the this you know, patty and i will read the script and um, we have an app on their phones that we can read the script and then they'll go and just put their earbuds in and just and listen to the script over and over again and then when it's time to do their self-tape or do whatever they know all their lines they weren't reading this in the, they weren't reading it themselves but you know the we, we adapted for that and we made that happen. Right. So, um, it's been, yeah, I get a little, I, I get a little heated about stuff like that. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, that, um, uh, um, I think that, I don't know if you know this, but you know, my, my nephew Cody that passed, you know, he was dyslexic, yeah. made fun of in I didn't school. Know that. I didn't know that. Hard time getting through things until he had to figure out a way to learn that also. So yes, Cody was definitely dyslexic and, and have to do that. I think that's a, a really good thing to, um, because I, I, I think a lot of people get stuck on, oh, you, you, um, you, you know, you adopted African-Americans. And every time I hear it, it's like, you have no idea what this, the struggle is not that he has African-American children. It is, how to teach these kids how to, you you know, special needs. And, you know, you know, our heart for special needs anyway, right? Myself, Mm -hmm. Carson Fortner, all of it. It's like, you know, you're going to have to figure out how they learn, you know what I mean? And then, and, um, you know, and I think that's the beauty of martial arts on top of it. You know, it's always kind of an equalizer at some point, somehow, somewhere, it's going to, to help them both with their confidence and, and, and everything else. So, I think that's a good thing that to end on there, to to listen on how the girls are, are listening. And, and for, and I think you're right, as far as I'm concerned, that, that is a form of, of uh, reading as far as that goes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We weren't allowed to do it on 75 hard, unfortunately. (laughs) Really?
0: (laughs) No, but like,
2: like, like like I'm, I'm not, I'm not kidding right there. Like, like, like that's one of those things where, you know, we're so, um, biased towards eye reading you know so to <laughs> sort of sit there because because 75 hard is what 10 pages
1: right 10 pages, pages a day right yeah you had to read 10 a day, pages, 10 pages yeah. a day right and so
2: you know, and and that's rough
1: there's times that you can sit and reread it and you read end up reading 30 times because 30 oh. pages because you had to read it three times right um oh yeah oh, whereas, no, absolutely <laughs> you know Sometimes it's easier to, I I get that. Sometimes it's easier to put an audible on and follow along mm -hmm. with your book where you're kind of hearing and reading at the same time. So I think that that's a, I think that's a really good, good thing to do. You know, uh, we talk about real talk and that's what I wanted to have you on here for, because you, you've experienced now, uh, adopting outside, um, you know, racial lines and then you, and everybody is always thinks that's the big thing that's just not that is just not it at all except for the hair that's the funniest thing about it uh all together is what am i doing and i said well you don't have any hair so you're like sol you are a sco out of luck and i got
2: i got nothing yeah
1: you know and these girls i mean that's i'm sure based on how you and patty are they laugh about this kind of stuff anyway you know they their sense of humor i'm sure is is the same as you and your wife. So it's, you know, it's been a good yeah. match. It's been fun watching you, uh, become a dad. I know, I know how frustrating and hard it can be, uh, at times. And, um, sure. but you know, that goes for all families. All families are kind of, kind of different, man. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And however it works, it works. Absolutely. And so I think that, yeah. uh, yeah, I think that's been, that's been fun. Uh, that's been fun doing it. So I think I'm going to let you end with with one minute of your own. So if you if you've got um, uh, what's what's your things to parents out there that are struggling with uh, their kids struggling in school? Why don't you give them something yeah. that, that you've learned in this process?
2: Totally advocate um, advocate for your kids until they can advocate until they can advocate for themselves. Um, you know, um, one of the things that we saw in the pandemic with the lockdowns is parents just beside themselves going, I don't know how to do this. I don't know. And I'll tell you right now, because we had to learn to advocate for our kids as foster you know, as foster parents, and because we had to learn to advocate for our kids, special needs. Um, when assignments started coming home during this lockdown, when kids were at, were, were at home on Zoom, you know, in front of their computers for eight hours or whatever it was, um, it got to the point where like real early on, I would email the teachers and go, okay, so this is the assignment. Um, No, we're not going to do it. And um, what is the, I'm I'm dead serious. And I was like, and I tell them, I said, what is the mission intent? What do you want the kids to learn from this particular assignment? And luckily for, for the girls that like their main room teachers were pretty awesome. And they were like, we totally get it. You know, you're trying to figure everything out. You got three kids, all with special needs. Um, And uh, so what we want them to learn is X, Y, and Z. I was like, cool, we'll get it done. And we would log off, and that was it. And we had i, I still to this day—I hear so many parents going, "Man, you know what? It was so hard during that." And I was like, "Well, why were you doing those assignments?" And they were like, "Well, because we had to." I said, "Who said?" Well, the school said. Well, screw them. They're not the ones at home with your kids. You know, they're the—they're not the ones that you know—they're trying to figure this out as well. And, and I'm not saying anything bad about the teachers. I'm just saying like it was such an unprecedented situation that you had a whole bunch of parents that didn't know that they could say no. They didn't know that they could say, you know, you know what, th- this, th- this sitting on zoom doesn't work. And so I think that that's been one of the biggest things that that Patty and I, um, one of the biggest advantages that Patty and I had was we knew that as the parents, we could say, no, that assignment's not going to happen. Or, you know what, we're taking today off. Like we still do that. Like we, we we'll, we'll take a mental health day every now and then yep. with the kids. It's like, you know what, we're not going to school today. We're going to universal studios. Let's go. And, you know, and, and we email the teachers and we tell that we're honest about it. We're like, Hey, we're taking a mental health day today. You know, it's been a stressful week because of this, this, and this we're taking off. And the teachers are, you know, especially because the schools they're in now, the teachers are awesome about it. But, um, I think that's been one of the, 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 the biggest thing I, I could, I could say, not just to parents of special needs, but parents in general, find out what's going on at the school and advocate for your kid and teach your kid how to advocate and speak up for themselves. Um, you know, that that's that that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. It is okay to, it's okay to say no, or it's it's okay to ask for more. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm I, I try not to be a jerk about it, but you know, we're going to lay stuff out. And what's cool is that, you know, that the teachers, the good teachers appreciate it because we don't send our kids to school, um, and just say, okay, you know, what teachers it's on you instead, it's like, no, No, it's a village, and you're part of our village. And you know, my, you know, the people here at at Burbank Krav are part of my village. The people at Chatsworth are part of my village. Um, you know, the the like, you know, when it comes to raising our kids, it's you know, I I I mean, AKMF, you know, Mm -hmm. it's my village. Um, right, my Mm -hmm. neighbors, they're my village, and and so I think that's one of the one of the big things there. You know, right down to the point where you know I see you know your kids as my village i mean i know ariels about to turn 21 which is insane but you know they're right. part you know they're part of my village you know you know every time that every time that carson puts something up like a fundraiser for his special kicks um you better believe that i don't care that he's back in georgia and i'm out here in california you better believe that i'm i'm dropping money to the go fund me and i'm sending out to my students as well um and i think a lot of that just comes from um our recognition that um, especially having kids with special needs, we can't do this on our own. And I think even if you've got neurotypical kids, don't think that you, that you have to do it on your own, you know, um, right. uh, build, build a village, build a strong village. So I'll leave it that's at
1: that. Good. Man. Yeah, I think that's good. <laughs> that's I think it. that's a good way to leave it, man. I mean, we we're an hour 12 in, we, 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 we hit some real subjects that I wanted to talk about. You know, we can sit and talk about crawl all day long, but I mean, the fight for your children and then the fight to, uh through bureaucracy and then through racial divide and then into uh special needs divide. I mean, it's, it's been, uh, and then, you know, like I tell everybody, you know, when you don't really know the fights you're in until you kind of sit back and look back and go, Hey man, we're, we're in the fight and, uh, we might get knocked down, but, uh, we're getting back up, you know, and you don't, yeah. you know, I, I tell all the students too, you know, you don't, uh, you don't stop when you're tired, you stop when you're done. You know what I mean? Yep. So I think that's a good way to end. So great job for you and Patty. It was good chatting with you for this hour. Um, I'll have this up Thanks, on sir. audio and you can share it out. Okay. Sounds right, good. Man. Thanks, sir. All right. Have a good
0: one. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss.